Ah, Seamheads, step on up to the plate. It is time for the best of three College World Series finals from Omaha. Me and CJ are going to step into the box there and break it all down for you. We might have a little wager on the back end of this thing. The Rebs and the Sooners. Hotty Toddy versus Boomer coming right to you. The greatest show on dirt from Omaha, Nebraska. It's going to be phenomenal. We're also going to talk about the Chuck and kind of the interesting dynamic that it has and, and also just nicknames in general in baseball ballparks and how I can kind of bring that nostalgia and good time feel to it. But you guys know what to do. It's in the morning, grab that coffee. Phil Stout, it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things College World Series here on, on the porch. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I had said on the last one that I felt like these were probably the two teams that were going to play. Uh, they were the two hottest teams in the country coming into this. I, I just really like the way both teams were playing, and I'm, I'm super excited to kind of see how this happens. Uh, you got an Oklahoma staff who hasn't really given up a whole lot of runs since they got to Omaha outside of the first game, um, and an Ole Miss team that can score with them as well. So this ought to be pretty interesting. Kudos, my friend. Did last pod say that Ole Miss and Oklahoma were the two teams you expected to play in the series? You know, it's kind of funny how Ole Miss gets in and collapses in the whole tournament, and they're the ones that end up making the championship series out of the SEC. I mean, this goes to show you how good that league is, right? See, then they're battling an SEC brethren in Arkansas to get there. Um, and I think that's kind of where I want to start. No Delusia more than likely now for Old Miss after he spun that absolutely marvelous game, complete games to get him there. Yeah, that that hurts. I mean, he's not going to be available to probably probably going to be game two before he's available. Uh, and you got an Oklahoma staff who they're well rested, minimal use on their bullpen. I mean, they're they're going to be locked and loaded. You know, and I think that begs the question: is who who do we like? Um, out of that Oklahoma bullpen, you know, I mean, they've been so good to this point in the College World Series with that starting staff, Horton and Bennett. Have. Do we think they've got somebody ready at the Chuck? I mean, I know Trevin Mitchell, I know Trevin Michael threw the ball pretty well there for them in relief uh, to get them to this point, uh, and that went over A&M, but I mean, man, I don't know, CJ, I think that's my big question for Oklahoma, yes, is it rough for Brett? type of situation, right? And they haven't had to throw that much really in the, in the tournament at all. And really, like you said, extremely minimal once we got to Oklahoma. Yeah, that's going to be yeah, the interesting question, I think, is is it rust versus rest? And that's always kind of an interesting thing that you get into. I'm going to side with it's probably going to be a mixture of both depending on who it is. 
some of your older guys, I don't think you worry about that as much coming out of the pen, but maybe some of the younger guys you do. The biggest thing's going to be command, right? That's always the one that really hurts. Do you have command in your pitches or at least one or two of them? That's going to be the big question for Oklahoma. But if they score a bunch of runs and their starters continue to do what they did, then it, then the bullpen doesn't really become that much of a factor. Start to become a minimal issue, right? If you're if you're Oklahoma and you continue to get the pitching you've been getting, I don't know if you can expect to do that, though, CJ. Uh, to be quite honest, I mean, Ole Miss has been swinging some some hot bats in this postseason. Uh, I mean, led by the firm of Elko and Graham there in the middle of the lineup. Elko maybe not been as good in Omaha, but Kevin Graham pick up the slack for him had the two big RBIs there. Um, for Old Miss yesterday against Arkansas, and he got the one that got him all started with that double down the line, CJ. Those two dudes in particular, I think are going to make it really tough on the Oklahoma staff, man. I really do. Um, and also, man, I mean, you know, they're getting production throughout the lineup. Gonzalez is, is getting on base a little bit there at the shortstop position for the Reds. Kemp Elderman hit himself a bomb here in Omaha. I just like the way Bianco's team is playing. And obviously, you know, you're getting a little bit of a homer. I'm definitely rooting for, for old Miss. Uh, old hotty toddy to take this one home, to be honest about it. And I do think that we kind of know a lot about here in Oklahoma, big old brethren. And I know you're rooting for old Miss. And, you know, I don't really have a dog in this in this fight. I just want to see a really good series. I want to see it go three. The thing that worries me for your side, though, on hotty toddy is, is – you're talking about an Oklahoma who got to set their staff up, basically. You know, so you're going to have both your, your one and number two guys going on full day's rest. That 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 would worry me if I'm Arkansas, especially, or you know, sorry, if I'm Old Miss, considering you played in a lot more low scoring games. Can, <laughs> Old Miss had to work hard, man. To, yeah. To beat the Oh yeah, I mean give give Arkansas a ton of credit, and you know, I mean Connor Nolan, you know, it, it's a shame because he pitched, you know, really well, and to lose that thing to nothing, I mean that's 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 tough. Had him a phenomenal uh, run there in Omaha, especially Nolan. Yeah, so that would be the one thing that worries me for the Rebs is you know Jake Bennett, and Kate Horton for Oklahoma are going to be on complete full rest, and so. Yeah, Those but, two have pitched extremely well late this year. I'm, I'm not a thousand percent sure that I totally agree with that. Uh, that old Miss's pitching is in is not where they want it. Now, granted, I mean, Delucia had to throw 113 masterful pitches, complete game to to kind of uh, get him there with the big win in the deciding game first the Hogs there, game 14. Now, I will say, though, they've got Washburn. Washburn and Son, they're uh, pitching, and he threw the ball very well in the ball game there the other day, uh, kind of in mop-up duty in the 3-2 game. They lost in game two there. Uh, and then they've got Hunter Elliott ready to roll there, the freshman, who threw in the 13-5 win there for the Reds there on Monday night. The, the big win. He went six and a third. Six hits there, CJ. He's, got, he's ready to roll, man. Um, he was brilliant in their game one victory uh, in the College World Series. So I'm excited to see him go. I think Delucia will get the ball eventually. O- Oklahoma is better rested 
I just don't think they have the level of depth that Ole Miss has. Ole Miss is maybe not in the exact position, but they've got so much depth. The SEC, man, we've seen it. I think it'll be Ray Ray to rock um, come, come, uh, come Saturday evening at the Chuck, man. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, I, I think this is going to be a good series, and I and I know you're I'm pulling for a Monday home. game, right? Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. for a Monday game. Um, I think it goes three. I, I'm going to stick with Oklahoma uh, simply just because I think they could set their pitching up a little better. The way they have played the end of the year through the Big Twelve tournament, through the regional, super regional now in Omaha, you know they've yet to even trail in this thing. They're they're grinding out at bats. They're tough outs. Um, and just the, the well-rested nature of being able to set your pitching staff up how you want to for this. I, it just feels like it might just be a little too much um, for this for, for Ole Miss to overcome. You know, interestingly enough, I think it, it comes down to, like you said, Oklahoma's been stacking at bats. They've been grinding. I mean, Graham and Treadwell have been, have been phenomenal for them. Uh, I just wonder, like, they're riding that high, right? They're riding, they're on a roller coaster of absolutely playing some some of the best baseball you could you could imagine a team to play, right? I, I, my my question is, DJ, is is if for a minute there they kind of wake up, right? Essentially, um, and maybe say Robertson doesn't have a good game, and maybe Spikerman's not getting one at the top of the lineup for them, uh, you know. And, and, and let's say, for example, they go out there. And, and Trevor Michael gets touched up or Horton doesn't have a good game, are they going to be able to recover from that? They've been on such a high lately. What happens if they get kind of slapped in the face? I know that's more of a football term than, bat, than uh, baseball. But what happens then? Do you buy them then? Yeah, see, I don't know. That's the interesting thing. We had talked about that, you know, in the last episode that, you know, Oklahoma's done such a good job of being out in front and front running essentially in this thing is what happens if they're trailing late, you know, what, what does this team do? You know? Um, and to me, that's a very interesting question because we haven't seen it. So that's a tough one for me to really kind of handicap. If we haven't seen it. I, and to me, I think that's the formula to beating them is get them trailing late and see what really, you know, they're made of in this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's a, a very interesting idea, right? I mean, you think about Oklahoma at this point in this tournament. Um, I wasn't necessarily shocked they came out on Friday afternoon in Lewis A&M. thought there was a chance of that. I think I was very surprised at how they, they beat Notre Dame and then coming back and getting and getting the win over A&M like they did. I mean, they haven't, like you said, they haven't, it's tough to handicap because they haven't been in that spot. But, I mean, Crooks has been very good as well behind the dish, always seemingly been in the, the action. I, I don't know about the bottom half of that line of those DJ. Once you get past Crooks there, I think Oklahoma could have some innings where they don't necessarily manufacture as much down there at the bottom of the lineup. And, and man, I, I just don't know. I mean, Trevor Michaels getting a, has been used a ton in this thing. You know, he is he is their kind of force there in the back end there for the Sooners. I just wonder if Oklahoma can make Horton and Bennett have to throw a little more than they like, what happens then? Yeah, and that's and I think that's kind of the 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 big question mark, you know, going into this series. And like I said, just for me, 
I, I would tend to, to I'm just I'm tending to favor Oklahoma what I've seen offensively from them and them not not trailing. That's kind of just where I'm at. But you know, if, if Ole Miss can kind of shift that pressure a little bit, I think that plays massively into their favor. I, I think so too. And Bennett CJ has not thrown now. It'll be almost he'll be on a full week of rest. So almost like your normal kind of college baseball style of rest, right? That could be very interesting. Although it could also potentially, um, you know, who knows if, if, if he gets kind of blown up, uh, how, and I think that's another thing that's really key in this thing, CJ, not only talking about stars getting blown up and how much you got to go in bullpen, but how it's managed. I mean, I love the way Skip Johnson's been kind of molding and, and having this Oklahoma team fire on all cylinders and Ole Miss, you know, Bianco has pushed the right button at the right time. Who do you like from that perspective? Do you have do you have anything there? Um, and then also, I kind of want to touch on the lives and who we kind of think, who you think gets the big hits, or who do you favor more there? And then we'll kind of uh, make our picks and then talk a little bit, CJ, about the Chuck and uh, other great names of ballparks and nicknames wise before we get out of here. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be kind of an interesting. It, it's it's an interesting matchup, you know, as far as, as the managers go. I mean, both have kind of pulled the right lever, if you will, um, pretty much all the way through this thing. Uh, pick them even as far as the betting world goes, uh, which is what I think really, really makes this kind of fascinating because I, I think it's two very evenly matched teams, two very hot teams. I, I think it just comes down to who it, – it's, it's going to come down to who handles the pressure better. Um, that's going to be the interesting thing. And the best part about it is that you got two teams from the two best leagues, right? So – that makes it even more kind of intriguing in, in that realm. Even though one of the best leagues only got five teams in, and he got nine, and they had, what, one team that made it to Omaha? Yeah. yeah. I think only one team that made it to the out of those nine. Big 12, and I should, they should be ashamed of the fact that there's 16 what they need to get in. The Big 12 flexes muscles. Uh, in, in this whole entire tournament showed why they are a team, team to be reckoned with, right? Um, CJ, I, I will tell you this, man. Uh, I, I believe, though, that Delush is still going to play a role in this thing, buddy. I think that's going to be key. Um, I, I love the way Ole Miss's lineup has been setting up, man. Bench at the top has been getting on base. Elko and Graham have been great with, with Alderman. Uh, there in the middle, and they and, and Harris and McCant McCants has been getting big, big, big hits for them at the bottom of that lineup, dude. I I just still have a weird feeling about Ole Miss bringing this thing home, CJ. Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I definitely think you can make arguments either way. Um, yeah, that's that's why I'm, that's why I really at least want to see this thing go three, just because I think it is such a good matchup, and I think college baseball fans at this point just want to see that. See this kind of before we, we close the book on, on this thing is that, that this is college baseball in general now, man, is really, really on the rise. I don't think there's any question about that. You see the ratings for this tournament. I do have a bone to pick, though, and I want to hear your opinion on this. You have a deciding game to decide who gets to go to the College World Series, and you're putting that thing on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on ESPN2 
because we got to have pre-draft coverage for the NBA? Come on, ESPN. Let's be better than that. Let's be better than that. Yeah, I'd completely agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, what, you got to, you got to say, like, the game needed, the game should have not have had to been shifted to that. It should have been in prime time. Uh, If it would have been, my question on it is, is like, if there would have been two games that day, you still would have had the 7 o'clock on ESPN2, which is fine. So why? Because you have one, you move it up to four and put it on the off-network. It just seems a little disingenuous by, by the mothership there. Yeah, I mean, it does a little bit. And, I'm, you know, I don't I don't really know how many people truly pay attention to the NBA draft. I mean, it, half the guys selected, nobody's ever seen. I mean, so... Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would have much preferred that to be in kind of a prime time spot, um, unless you're unless you're worried about it going up against some major league matchups. But I don't really see how that's a concern, considering none of those were going to be on national TV anyway. I mean, ESPN doesn't show baseball but once a week now. They don't care about major league baseball. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I mean, okay, you're putting it up against the Yankees, Astros, but the reality is outside of Houston, New York. I, I don't know how much of a draw you're fighting against. Oh, no, no. I think you're getting draw. I mean, the reality is, like you said, there was no reason that thing should have been there. Um, game times for this weekend, by the way, CJ at the Chuck. Saturday, 7 p.m. On, on ESPN. Sunday, 3 p.m. on ESPN. So an early game Sunday. And then we come back Monday, if necessary, on the 27th, 7 o'clock or on ESPN. So, uh, very interesting how the Sunday game getting moved up to the day there. I think they're not wanting to compete against potentially a, a Stanley Cup game there. But um, love it that it's a day game for, for game two of the College World Series. Oh, yeah, absolutely love it. It's a game day or it's a day game. Um, big fan of that. Um, you know, I mean, because you're going to – you have those throughout the year, and that's that's no different. They're used to it. I, I absolutely love it. The other thing about it is, too, man, it just feels like you don't ever get big day baseball games, right? I mean, you get them in the playoffs at the beginning, but you're not getting, like, championship games during the day a lot of times. Now, I know the College World Series used to be that way. They throw it up on CBS, uh, and it was kind of a big deal – Back in the early, early years of my UCJ, I remember that. Like, it always seemed to be like USC and Miami or LSU and, you know, Tennessee. Or, you know, they, and they'd be playing Saturday afternoon and a one-gamer to win it all. Um, but I, I think I will say, while the nostalgia of the day game will be nice, uh, I love it the way it's set up now, man, an entire weekend series. And it'll be fun at the Chuck. CJ, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, where they've come up with the name the Chuck like they have, right, for Charles Schwab. The Chuck there, phenomenal kind of nickname for a ballpark. Got us thinking about how, like, Rosenblatt was kind of an iconic name, right, and how the Chuck has now sort of been able to, um, for a better lack of term of a word, kind of make it more homey, right, and kind of give some of that nostalgic, feel back to the College World Series and, and everything like that. What are some other – I know we're kind of talking about ballpark nicknames, right? And the, the Chuck was one, uh, making it non-corporate, sort of. You know, Charles Schwab, very corporate, but naming it the Chuck. Kind of gives it some of that collegial feel, you know, kind of uh, like we're going to the Chuck tonight. It's kind of fun, right? 
thought of a couple other ones there that were off the top of my head. Because most ballparks really nowadays do have that corporate feel, right? Um, Bank One Ballpark down in Arizona, now known as the the Bob, you know. So, like, there's a couple of them like that. Uh, Camden Yards, it's Oil Park at Camden Yards. I guess Camden Yards is kind of the, the nickname thing. But, like, too many, too many ballparks nowadays, man. Yeah, I kind of have that. Yeah, I have that corporate feel. I mean, yeah, obviously, I think, you know, the friendly confines, um, you know, Wrigley. You call it the stadium, you know. Uh, yeah, you have, the, you have the stadium. Before then, it was, you know, the house that Ruth built. You know, a lot of people refer to the new one. It's kind of the house that Jeter built. But, you know, there, there's only really a handful. Um, you know, I think if you just say Fenway, everybody knows exactly what you mean. That actually is, though, a, a corporation back in the day. Yeah, back yeah, in the back day. In the yeah. They're still involved somewhat in the racing world as well there, CJ, Fenway Raps. Um, so some of these ballparks, though, here, CJ, I think are kind of funny how they are corporate but almost kind of have a good ring to them, right? Um, I got a couple of them real quick. The first one that I, that I kind of came across that I kind of love the name and the feel of it Miller Park. Yep. Feels good. You know, beer. You know, I kind of kind of like that. Coors Field as well. Maybe it's just something about names that go with beer. Uh, I don't know. One that one that does have a name that doesn't deal with beer, nickname is the Trop. Tropicana. Terrible, terrible yard, but great name. Uh, the Trop's kind of cool. Uh I like Petco Park and PNC Park. Maybe I'm just a fan of alliteration, but I like both of those. Um, and you know, actually, our initial answer there about the Bob—still, a lot of people call it that—but it's actually Chase Field now. Yeah, so, say, yeah it's actually Chase now. Yeah, I kind of kind of messed that up. One of other, my other favorites, man, um, Great American Small Park. You know, for Great American Ballpark, a lot of people call that the GADP. Um, and that's, that's actually one that's kind of funny how it's actually named for a corporation as well, but yet you wouldn't have, you wouldn't imagine it. You know, another good one on the beard theme, by the way, CJ, Bush State. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. There are still some names, though, that kind of are – don't have naming rights, right? Marlin Park and National. Well, actually, the Marlins are now uh, the Lone Depot field or something like that. Oh, that did change. Okay. I know the Nationals don't have them. No, the Nationals don't. Uh, the Dodgers don't. Uh, the Angels don't either because it's Angel Stadium of Anaheim. Yep. Yep. Maybe it's a city. So, I mean, there, there, there are some out there. And, you know, each fan base kind of has their own little nickname for their stadiums or whatever. Um, which I think is is kind of cool because it it ties into the whole being a part of it. Yeah, it does. It does, CJ. You know, I was I was kind of working off of an old list there for some of these names, which was kind of funny. Um, and how many of them all have kind of went away, even from that? You know, Kaufman Stadium is another good one, although it's definitely named after the Kaufman kind of empire that was in, was in Kansas City. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. here. And I want to throw this one at you, and it's it 
Oakland Coliseum. It's been everything, but it always everybody comes back to Oakland Coliseum or the Coliseum there for the uh, for the athletics. It does. It has been named a bunch of different things throughout the years, and like you said, it always does seem to come back to just being the Coliseum. Very interesting, CJ. Uh, man, why we're on some MLB? I mean, anything you kind of want to you kind of want to hit on since last week, earlier in the week. Yeah, well, we'll, real quick, we'll hit some breaking news here um, because it just came across. Uh, Judge and the Yankees avoid arbitration and agreed on a contract for this year. So, nineteen million is what they settled with. Yeah, take that, Buster Oni, right? Yeah, a little bit. Um, But no, it's kind of an interesting week. Big series is probably one there in New York with the Astros and the. And the Yankees um, started out kind of wild yesterday. And uh, you can definitely tell the Yankee fans are still highly, highly not liking the booze, especially for Well, and I think that's still to be warranted considering those two teams' status, correct? And, 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 and how the Yankees lost to the Astros. So they're going to be the ones to hold on to that grudge for the longest, for sure, CJ. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that probably is the the game, the series of the of the weekend. Um, if we were going to rank them, uh, you know, another another series of DJ for this weekend that I'm I'm highly intrigued in. That's kind of a potential National League Championship Series preview there, with the Dodgers heading to Atlanta mm-hmm. to take on the Braves at Truist Park. By the way, back on our pop topic of the park. SunTrust ballpark just floats. Truist, not so much. Yeah, definitely, definitely not as as much. Um, I was, I'm with you on the on, on that that name. Um, I'll give you another one here that's a little intriguing for me, and that's the Mets and the Marlins. Um, you know, simply just because I mean Miami has played fairly well to this point. Um, opportunity here to you know play well, maybe get yourself feeling pretty good headed. You know, out of you know through through June and into July, and feeling pretty good about kind of maybe where you are in the status of, of building things. This is a big series for the Marlins because if if you can make up some ground on the Mets who are leading the division, that's great. Because they're eleven and a half back there, that's going to be tough. They're six back in the wild card though, so like if they have a good weekend, they continue to keep kind of like you said, heading into the month of July, still kind of hanging around. That'd be great for them. Um, TJ, I will tell you, though, man, Friday night in that thing, you've got Sandy Alcantara and Taiwan Walker going. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a great pitching matchup. TJ, I'm surprised you didn't mention the series between the A's and the Royals, man. Who doesn't want to watch that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if those fan bases are tuned in. Uh, you probably The A's fans might be tuned in since it's a road game on TV because that boycott is still going strong on trying to get that new ballpark. Uh, getting away finally from the Coliseum. Yeah, no, that 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 is very very true. Um, was going down here. Here's a here's another interesting with the three game series that starts uh, Friday night. Uh, the Blue Jays head to Milwaukee. Yeah, there we go. Jays Brewers, and you got Manoa pitching in in game one Friday night uh, for the Jays down there in Milwaukee. That'll be interesting. Hope he keeps burning off the fly. Yeah, that, that, that to me is going to be a, a really good one. Um, you see how Manoa bounces back um, 
after kind of a disappointing performance in Yankee Stadium. Um, I expect him to be locked back in. Um, but it's also a good matchup here for the Brewers, too, especially considering they're just coming out of their slide and can they kind of get things corrected and can they get their pitching back in line. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that Jays, the Jays and the Brewers series should be good. And like you said, CJ, the Brewers need to kind of right the ship, continue to keep going where they are, split that series with with the Cardinals this week and are still tied there atop the the National League Central standings right there. I mean, those, those two teams are going to be the two duking out for sure uh, as we continue to get a little later on in, into the year. Um, one other series, CJ, I kind of want to mention that I'm interested in out west. Philly's Padres, man. Mm-hmm. The the Friars uh, playing some good ball, forty four and twenty eight, still still leading out there in the in the National League West. Should be fun. And CJ, I've always got to mention, dude, the Buckos coming off winning three or four versus the Cubbies. They're going to Tampa to, to take on the race. Uh, could be a very interesting series. I think the Pirates are trying to kind of mold themselves in that race model, and they've got an opportunity to do so starting Friday night, kind of see themselves in the mirror there. Keller and Spriggs go, Springs going on Friday night. Drew Baker finally got a win, taking on Kluber on a, on Saturday. And then Sunday, Rosani Contreras, my man, goes against Shane McClanahan. They're 7-3 and three with a 1-8-1. Contreras so far, 2-1, CJ 2-8-9. So good pitching matchups this weekend, or comparable pitching matchups. Bucko's, Bucko's race, hopefully a uh, Pirates can continue their winning ways and kind of help help you out in the AL bury the race uh, before July even comes. Yeah, that that to me was kind of another series that kind of popped off a little bit. Um, you know, two teams that are, you know, obviously the Pirates are trying to kind of do things sort of like the Rays have done. You know, with young guys and, and getting them up and ready. The pitching matchups would be will be fantastic. Um, you know, and Shane McClanahan, man, he's. He's one of those guys you tune in to watch him pitch. I mean, he's got some pretty filthy stuff. So uh, that should be a real fun, exciting series. Um, it's just a shame it's being played in that crappy ballpark. Yeah, Tampa needs a new one, man. They need a new one so they can get away from that cool trop name and get one that the fans can go to. you got plenty of water down there in Tampa. Build one on the, build one on the bay, man. Come on. You know? Yeah, especially with the hitters in the AL, man. You could see yeah. who could hit one into the bay. Oh, man, get it near. I mean, Clearwater is so beautiful. Like, consider getting it out of St. Pete proper. I don't know. Something needs to be done there. We could talk all day on that too, CJ. But brother, I think we fooled him again, man. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, buried bury that slider down. And good. Got it. I think that was right on the right. You know, kind of threw it in the left-handed box there. Got him swinging. We're going to see plenty of that this weekend at the Chuck, man. It's going to be fun. Cannot wait to watch watch you. Uh, and CJ, should we? I think we should do a bet here on this Oklahoma Ole Miss series, man. But that, I mean, I think we got to, right? Oh, I think we have to. I, I, I'd agree. I, I know you. I still need to get you to the Woodford. You want to go a little, maybe double or nothing here? Let's do it. Yeah, I think so. So we're looking. We're talking to. Two bottles of some Woodford here on the line, right? Yes. All right. All right. I like it. I mean, you, you got a special day coming. I'm sure I'll be able to get to that and maybe a little more. Until next time, y'all, take it easy. Let's go, Red. Give me two bottles of Woodford. Let's go.